welcome to the North Witch Podcast with your hosts, Azario Flame and Sandra Von Holland. In this podcast, we explore all the things that can help us to be better and improve our lives in body, mind, and spirit. Looking at everything from witchcraft, sorcery, woo-woo, spirituality, biohacking, the mundane, and everything in between. We occasionally have on guests from various backgrounds, practices, and philosophies. We welcome everyone from all walks of life, from the left-hand path to the right-hand path, from the medical to the holistic, from the woo-woo to the scientific and everything in between. We have conversations and discussions about our experiences over the years, what works for us, what hasn't worked, and explore new theories and science, trying them out, seeing what works, and debunking what doesn't. Thank you for joining us on this wicked adventure along the crooked path as we adventure into the mysterious and wonderful world and welcome what truly works for us to become better witches, sorcerers, magicians, and our best selves so that we can live our best lives. May these conversations help you to ignite the light within. The views expressed by our guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of us here at Northwich Magic Co. All of the information shared on this podcast is anecdotal and shared for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or financial advice. Always consult a doctor, physician, or professional in their field before trying any of the things that may be discussed on this channel. Magic and holistic healing should work alongside allopathic care when necessary. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the North Witch Podcast. On today's episode, we have William Hageman, also known as Arkenstone amongst the magical circles, and he has written a wonderful no-woo book called Magic, Mind, Emotion, and Body, The Praxis, Magic, No-Woo, The How and Why book. And we were lucky enough to get some copies to read, and there is a whole bunch of really, really cool and useful tips, tricks, and techniques in it. And we definitely suggest checking it out. So how's it going today, William? I love that you picked up techniques because I always hear you say tricks and tips. Now you add techniques. (laughs) I've infected the brain already. You have. (laughs) For sure. Stop shaking the building, Bill. Yeah, um, I'm doing good. Um, You know, life's moving on, retired, you know, Got able to write the book. Um, uh, it's a lot of the things that help keep me sane, keep me going, keep me on a path, and uh, and uh, stuff I think that needed to be shared to people. You know, I've seen a lot of things in the uh, different uh, occult or uh, spiritual communities, and I, I wanted to get the basics out uh, and the idea is how to get a magical mind and the idea that not one magical system, not one step is something that you can freeze at. It's a lifelong process, magic, spiritual development, uh, the evolution of your soul. You know, I can encourage you to try to work for apotheosis to become a God, be a good one. (laughs) Perfect. 
Yeah, it was a really interesting read. And I, I love that you, you know, you pulled modern science into it and, you know, like how they're figuring out that the Chinese actually kind of knew what the hell they were talking about for, you know, thousands of years. And you put in the nice descriptions of why the meditations work, how it works on, you know, a muscular level, a skeletal level, nerve level, everything, you know, it, it, it really closes a lot of the, um, you know, the woo and science gap on a lot of the techniques which i found really interesting and cool i'm a bit of a science nerd myself so it was cool to see some you know pubmed documents and stuff listed in there as references <laughs> yeah I, I just got a book uh uh Gong grand circulation path to enlightenment by uh, uh dr yang and he's still mm. using uh the concepts of uh, bioelectrical um function which uh, you you go back 20 years ago and yeah that's that's or 30 years ago and for a lack of better explanation that's what it is but when you realize fascias through your whole body and you're not moving electrons you're moving protons and the physics of moving mass and charge delves into the quantum level area of uh, existence so not only can it work emf it can work at a quantum level so you can actually manage uh it can explain how magic can work through space and time so um it, it's you know when you think about everything that you do magically you know even the mind and the emotion and the type of work that you uh exert into your body you know you set set up a metabolism your arms your movement the sounds uh the chants the emotional charge with each of the words and whatever drumming dancing mudras it, you name it they'll all affect the fascia which is everywhere so once people realize that that's uh that there's a good scientific basic for all types of magic and you practice getting your energy work and being aware of it you can insert yourself in any magical practice that you choose and hopefully you have the wherewithal to be aware of uh, how you want to insert yourself, whether or not this tradition works or this tradition works, whether you have an honest relationship with the beings that you work with. Um, some, some aren't honest, some, you know, they'll, they'll tell you truth, but they'll prevaricate. Um, so uh, it's, it's a matter of, uh, as I've put it, is having an absolute honest relationship with everything, even if it is, yeah, you're not good for me, I'll stay away. So uh, you know, do both. I think that's important, right? That's so huge. Nah, you're not for me. I can't. I don't want to play there. Yeah, I, I, I put out to the spirits, you know, even the gods that step into my life is uh, uh, what's going on, you know, it's like, you had one site and you want me to start a fight with somebody he says are you going to stay your hand from me no that's a bad deal you know i don't think so so that's not happening but uh have them step in while i'm doing magic and they just want to ride the wave of it and then piss them off because i find information where i have to stop the magic because it was unwarranted because i do not believe in entangling myself from doing stuff that it's not needed um yeah and then there were 
cosmic, you know, uh, meteorological events to happen when I pull the plug or not. So uh, I told him it's all on you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask you to join the party. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of practitioners, especially nowadays, you know, with the new circles of occult groups on Facebook and stuff like that, people really will just do whatever the spirits ask of them. And it's like, you know, you can say no, like this is, you know, if, if it's a spirit, insert people and, you know, there's probably a good and bad way to deal with them. And they're kind of probably the same. You know, if you're walking downtown in a big city and somebody's like, hey, I need you to sling some meth for me and beat that guy up, you're probably going to say no. So why are people say, agreeing to, you know, go and steal stuff for their deity or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. There, there's so much bad information out there. I mean, a lot of good traditions, a lot of, you know, good people, you know, well-meaning, well-intended, and then there's those who just you know, I, I, I got to push the envelope because uh, it's me, me, me. I'm like, what part of mirroring society that you didn't, you, you didn't want to be part of? Yeah. Um, it's, at some point, uh, some of that has to be, uh, you know, personal responsibility. Because uh, no matter what they tell you do, um, you end up holding the short end of the stick and you better make sure that something's worthy on that short end of the stick. Yeah, for sure. So I like that it, it, that you bring 50 years of study to all of this. So do you want to give us a quick overview of 50 years of this and that how you came to this book and you know that well, like there's... Yeah. My first experience was I was two. I'm 63, Ooh. so... I, I had two golden orbs spinning, okay? They were scintillating and spinning around it. The only place, uh, uh, there's three references, a uh, Hindu yogi, uh, the founder of Falun Gong, and Alistair Crowley. And uh, they all have different interpretations of it. My teacher has them, I have them. Uh, he had a teacher, a Native American teacher that explained to him what it was uh more so um they were my past lives if you're reading people's timelines you usually read in front of them and if you're reading their uh ancestors you can usually read a timeline coming off of shoulders uh usually the uh, the left shoulder here um maternal uh, paternal this side but these are different and they were discs and uh they're gold there's a technique on how to hide your timeline from all beings. Now, I would go to a reader, they can't read me. They would read reflections from the environment and whatever, they, they couldn't read me. The reason was, is, well, especially if they're using divine sources, uh, instead of, you know, even fortune telling, uh, there's a difference. Um, they're not reading me. And um, understanding that, it's like, well, I had a Dell, uh, I figured that I, I got a handle on that when I was 50. So that's a, that's, that's a big story arc in itself. At seven, um, my uncle, my father and grandfather died within four or five months. And I was moved into my grandfather's bedroom 
I went down to get some breakfast like two weeks after he passed. I hear him shuffling out, out, out of the room and coming downstairs and I see him in the, the, the world skews uh, 45 degrees out of the way. And I'm like, I'm seven years old. I'm like, what's going on? He gets up to the third step and he says, so long, Sonny. And then he steps off and evaporates. And then these little dust motes that were sparkly got in a pile and they evaporated too. Or telling people about that, you know, because oh, the kids tra traumatized have three deaths in the family. You know, you know, talk to the school counselors, not a good idea. Talk to my parents, not a good idea. Um, and uh, you know, I'm singing to crows, and uh, I, and this witch neighbor who I figured out she was a witch years later. Um, you don't want to talk in tongues yet you wait until you're older i'm like what's up with that and one day i was at her house and i saw a peacock feather in a wall says that's a peacock feather and my mother's like you don't ask about such things i'm like it's a peacock feather find out that was an old thing says hey I, I, if you know that's a witch symbol but that that that's going back victorian days so um so anyway Life's insane. Um, I'm having premonitions, whatever. I'm 13. Uh, 13. I get my hands on uh, Evan Wentz's book, uh, Tibetan Yoga, Secret Doctrines. I learned meditation, basic energy work, uh, concept of how to develop your body for transmigration, uh, a system they call Fowa, and a bunch of other things. Um, and I'm escaping my mother because my home life is insane. Um, and I, I don't want to waste time talking about that. And I go to a Baptist church and they're not having any of that. So I spend uh, over 40 days with a progressive fast uh, asking uh, God for the wisdom of Solomon. Now in the Bible, Yahweh says, <clears throat> I did this once, never again, but I called Arnell, who's a totally different guy. And I saw a manifestation up in the cloud, slapped myself, made sure I wasn't hallucinating, saw it. I says, yeah, I'm going to answer your prayer, but I'm going to let you go in 32 years. And I'm going to teach you what sin means. And it's 32 years of trials and tribulations. I'm not given any information. It's a sink or swim thing. So I had to learn everything on my own. And uh, growing up, um, you know, even when I got out of the military, you know, in the uh, uh, early 80s, in upstate New York, there was the ultra-feminist Wiccan movement. I don't fit, you know. Uh, I, I end up having, going to uh, a thing with my wife with Dark, uh, Starhawk. Only male there, and the women go to my wife says, what's he doing here? So um, I, I tried to, uh, there was a, a warden of the uh, Sangro Sodality, Marsha Pickens. She's wrote some good books. Um, she uh, uh, did uh, William Gray's Sangro Sodality there. Uh, and, and she was also a good Kung Fu teacher. But um, she says, I can't take you. I can't initiate you. 
you've had far too many experiences that are initiatory on their own and they don't fit, fit our initiatory program. That's not, they're not relatable because uh, the approach and the experiences are too different. And eventually says, why don't you teach yourself? So, so yeah, I, I yeah, semi-unbelievable events, you know, some of them, uh, you know, dealing with people who are not behaving well and having to protect offices and people like that, you know, so. And many years trying to be normal and uh, uh, have a income and a family and successful, four kids, healthy, sane. Um, and uh, and uh, how to stay sane with an insane work life. So, so uh, that's what so, a lot of those techniques for is how, how to do meditation when you don't have time to think about it. When you get a busy mind and there's a reason for it. So I thought it was time to get, get that information out there so people can uh, evolve on their own and when they can and how they can. Because um, sometimes you don't have the opportunity of having a community of magicians who are in the same wave, wavelength. Um, like the past five or six years, I joined the OTO and the people are pretty cool there. Uh, but it's more of like a lodge community. Uh, I, I'd enjoy the AA because my magical practices are completely different. You know, like Crowley says, don't follow me. Cut your own way through the forest. You know, I'm, I, that's what I'm doing. You know, I, I, at some point I'll write a book on my ceremonial magic method if I can get it working right now it's I use it very mystically and uh, um, intuitively but um, I follow back and say yeah that fits that fits that's the sound those are the the, the, the places and uh, that's how I'm using the language so uh, I'll get that written one of these days awesome we look forward to that <laughs> I look forward to getting it done. I, I'm, I'm getting too many distractions. That's I, part of I, the journey, right? Yeah. Well, I'll have a spirit board layout. I will have a new divination method layout. Um, the symbol on my book is a mnemonic um, for it, uh, for the sounds. Um, all, you know, every sound has a, uh, it's more focused on community and how you function in reality more so than planets and, you know, elements and, you know, nature is involved, but uh, the focus is uh, uh, creating spirits. And, and I'm going to be using my past lives because I'm undoing those orbs and I'm creating, putting them out into uh, an, an egregore uh, and having them uh, uh, serve as uh, uh, servitors, uh, so that I'm not evolve involving any egregor of deities, their their woo, their their whatever, how they want want to get me sucked into that thing and uh, build magical attachments. Every bit of magic you do, there is a uh, consequence and a, a certain amount of attachment that's involved, and people make those choices, and I want people to be able to 
choose, not not fall into it. I was lucky. For all the hell I've been through for 32 years, I was released. Um, so, uh, um, it also gives me a, a very unique perspective on uh, relationship with uh, divine beings. When I find out who El was and how he's usurped uh, Yahweh's uh, religion and uh, and he's got like 3,500 years of backstory that he's all too eager to allow gods to kill themselves off and, and you know and even if they incarnate as people you know let them kill each other and it's like yeah that's a program I'm not going to join oh I've hidden from it for 5,000 years so I'm going to stay that way uh, uh, that's too much woo, but yeah, uh, that's my that's my personal take on it. <laughs> nice for sure. So I I really like that you were able to kind of distill down everything into kind of a easy to use relatable way for most of your techniques you know like a, there's not a lot of you know like if you look at some of the oto rituals or aa rituals or whatever there if you do not have the vocabulary to know what the hell is going on and you can't figure out the gematria behind it and whatever else like good luck understanding it so it's really nice to see you know kind of they could be considered more complex concepts in some magical circles and how they're distilled down to you know this is really the bare bones of it this is what you need to know and this is how to make it work and remove all of the bullshit so to speak right exactly i like to remove the bullshit part and make it understandable i yeah, like I, not everybody has two doctorate degrees in english literature and and uh you know, world literature uh, around the victorian times and understand the level of poetry that alistair put to it uh, which is it was great for weeding out people who, you know, uh, or, or it, it made a, a very small inclusionary circle, but uh, it's it's not helpful uh, in the long run. But given Alistair's background, that was the only way that his mind could actually manage it. So, um, but you have to have that perspective and trying to explain that to people uh, you know, it's, it's a whole nother deal. It's like, uh, uh, you know, that balancing of, uh, up and down, left and right and everything. Believe me, that's, that's what the energetic stuff that I try to teach, you're going to have to learn how to do, but using a symbol set that is slowly being an antiquated. And when you look at the uh, Hebrew and the conceptualization of it, when you look at the tree of life, it's a framework that creates dissonance. You know, I, I could make a comparison between like Hindu Sanskrit, which deals with uh, emotional energy with conceptual framework in relationship to your body. Okay. So you're adding concepts into some sounds and even, uh, chakras are prescriptive by school it just happens that the major chakra system that we all know of here in the west is even being adopted in india and it's just one school it's it's it's, a, it's and they're making it descriptive it's not it's prescriptive but when you look at some of the sounds 
there's some similarities to Futhark, uh, which has an external use of en you know, uh, energy flowing through the body. But when you get, get into uh, Kabbalah, you're taking a whole word with a whole conceptual thing. And it's not a visual alignment with the body. And depending on your body feels, and, and there's feelings, emotional constructs for every single word and letter, you're creating this really large template. You're creating a spiritual computer that ties you into an egregore. I figured that out in my 20s. And I'm like, I'm being tied into it. I mean, in my 20s, I figured I was being tied into it. My, um, uh, my professional psychic things, instead of hitting people directly with my energy or spirit to elicit responses from people so that I could be psychic with them, I was ending up pinging parts of people that they don't want to really reveal and they're not ready for. And that terrifies people. So I create a body of light, a simulacrum of the person, and I would ping it, okay? And I get the information only that they want to work with and deal with. That's great. Now you learn that to make fetches, you know, investigate the area, go down reality streams. If you live in a complicated city, it's not one reality plane. There are streams that becomes, you know, part of, cultural context and their spirits with them and they overlap uh, in cities like uh, Baltimore, um, uh, uh, Albany, Knoxville, um, some, some, I haven't been all the cities but you know if you get a feeling for what type of cities they are you, you, you know when I, people, people can walk through three of these reality streams and I'll tell you the most key point the people that live there their short-term memories are two weeks They'll fabricate anything else. You know, here in Atlanta, six months. They'll remember the conversation. You know, most other places in the country, six months. There, two weeks tops. And when you start meeting spirits that kind of dance between them, there's no relationship in literature about it. Um, but, uh, but you're following these downs, you end up attaching yourself to the reality that you're working in. And guess what? I could do magic for other people, but I couldn't do a thing for me. Not one lick. I was woven so tight into, into that tapestry of reality. I had to let it all go. Totally. So I had to reframe my magical practices, rebuild my, uh, relationship to the, uh, how I interact with dream planes and, and planes of existence. You know, I couldn't use a, a framework that I had because it was tied into the reality there. I couldn't escape it. It took me a, a good set of years to undo it all. And then I reframed my magical practice without all the attachments and uh, a direct um, honest relationship with myself and focus that as the personality of how I'm going to address everything else. So uh, it's a, it's, it's a story not meant for every magician. So it's, uh, 
but the fact is, it's like, I don't know of anybody who's ripped apart their magical system totally and then re-evolve themselves, you know? <laughs> so, you know, and, and the way to do it is I had to understand the basics. I studied as much as I can to understand the nitty gritty breakdown and I hope the book reflects that. And, and if anybody uses it, they could immerse themselves in any magical system they want and, and make sensible um, uh, choices and be able to extract themselves from it if they have to. Um, and, you know, people making packs to beings that they don't know. I did for 32 years and uh, I was 14 years old and I did not have a clue what I was getting into. First, uh, magical literature uh, in the 70s and 80s was not available. You know, the, the bookstores did not have them. They weren't selling them. Um, I didn't have real good access to Magical Child even there, but a lot of the books were um, outdated. Uh, I mean, I got my hands on Franz Barden books. They were good beginner books. They, they really were. Those are also outdated as well. Um, so uh, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm now I'm going, you know, the bunny holes just starting to pop up all over the place. I'll shut up about <laughs> <laughs> which way to go. Yeah. Which way do they go, George? Which way do they go? <laughs> So out of all of these techniques, if somebody was to get started with this and start practicing some of this praxis, what would be like, obviously you think they're all essential because you put them in the book, but what, where, where would you want to want somebody to start and for them to get the most, you know, bang for their buck and to be able to start immediately making personal changes and excelling in their practice and in their life? The second section, preternatural magic. The, the meditation technique is mindful. And it the idea that you have a two-year-old here that's been collecting every impression that you've ever had, whether it's yours or not, and learning to own it. You know, the, the, the method of hijacking your body so that you can quiet all the metabolism information so that your brain will be erupting with thoughts and emotions. And you got to say, is it mine or not mine? If it's mine, I got to own it, tag it, bag it, put it in a box. If it's not mine, you're going to have to let it go. You have to ground it out. The first step is centering. Next thing is grounding. You do that. It, it takes about three months, you know, or more, depending on it. And then the, uh, the next step is going through the energy in your body and then picking up where the blockages are physically in your body and they will rattle the cage up here. Okay. So you taught your two-year-old to be an eight-year-old and whatever, and they're being responsible cleaning things up. And they say, Hey, this is rattling. You got to deal with it. So you got to meditate on that. The next part is, um, is when you're doing the, the Qigong method of uh, rotating pills of energy through you and you're teasing out, the same things in your chakras. And now you got a teenager tormenting you because you promised to deal with this shit. 
So the, the theory here is uh, it's even like a 12 step program or cognitive therapy. You have to learn to control your emotions and remember with emotions. It's, it's a technique even for lucid dreaming, plane walking, whatever, because emotions mirror your metabolism. That mirrors the energetic context of your spiritual relationship with the world or wh whatever state you're in. But you have to em emotionally remember your old self. But if you have a calm, quiet self, you're close to your soul. You're the, the closest spirit shell, uh, I call it a spirit vehicle, that interacts with your soul and your body. This is where, you know, the one uh, four square pot belly breath, you can get calm and, and reside here. You can emotionally remember it, but you don't have to live it. Your new self, you choose your emotion, you, which underlies what your action is going to be. So it's easier to change an emotion. And uh, for me, I, I was dealing with a lot of sociopaths and what have you. And I just had like this, get a little bit angry and then choose how I feel about it. And then I develop a riff, uh, an action plan, things to say. And uh, it took me two months to pull off the first change in my personality to do that. And it, and it took me a month and two weeks. And it, it got to the point where I was able to change this every other day and i call this internal alchemy because you're doing two things you're training yourself how to evolve how to embrace separate emotional states and not choose to live them because when you live them they control you choosing your emotion you are now being able to express that magically okay so the other exercises in that section of the book is about how to energetically relate to the world around you. But learning to control who you are and understanding the underlying mechanism on how to evolve your personality by your own will, your own choice, is key. It's, it, you have to own yourself, okay? If you're gonna relate to deities, they either own you even with demons, you, you have to stand your own or you have to be part of their program. You either have an honest relationship or be part of their program. You have a choice. I choose to have an honest relationship. They, I would demand that they have an honest relationship with me. I, 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 I've already been under a thumb for 32 years. You know, I, I'm not having it again. And, um, but I've also realized learning to expand your ego by getting uncomfortable. Your ego wants you to hang on to an emotional paradigm with all your thoughts and functions because that's how you best function. It's an addiction. It's called state dependent behavior, but it happens with normal people and ego and how they hold on to this reality, well, you hold on to that reality, you're not going to do magic. You've got to expand it where you can accept the emotional and, and energetic reality of things different and shifting and changing. And you have to make your ego flexible and give it the ability and the tools 
to analyze all your experiences. You may be thinking and functioning with your right brain at any given time, but in the afterthought, you have to remember the feeling of the environment and the situation and hold onto your other critical aspects of personality and ego to be able to write it down, to, to analyze it, to think about it. And when you do hold both of them together, guess what? You are expanding all your faculties into this expanded sense of consciousness. So you're becoming aware more and more and more. And every time you practice it and everything new that you experience, everything. So that now it starts becoming really difficult to write it down. But your right brain will help you feel it and give you a 3D, correction, five-dimensional uh, image of it. And why I say 5D is because when you explore overworlds and underworlds, you understand that time has structure. Um, you, you go in an underworld, things collapse. You make a turn, the road turns into a uh, path, uh, the river turns into a stream, the houses become hovels or they turn to skyscrapers, depending on your attention and your emotional energy change. You go to an overworld and it's like, Everything's replicated, you know, trees, features, waters, even leaf patterns. You pay attention to that. Next thing you know, you realize that these things are being expressed over space and time at the same time and through time. Your physical body doesn't relate to that. You're going to have to do these, all these other exercises so that you can remember the emotion and the thing but you don't have to physically live it because it will screw up your body it's just i, I see too many magicians who like take in energy uh, and let things go around and by the time they're 40s 50s their body's falling apart okay um and there's a lot of practices where people do energy exchange with take energy from people and they use it okay um but it's like all that information's already um congealed gritty that astral that chi has information in it it's crystallized going through your body it interrupts and tries to reinform your body and what messes you up is you're trying to process it like it's your own you can't because it's not yours. And you have to own what is yours and let go of what's not yours. But being aware of what's not you gives you all the information. You just don't have to live it. The next part of it, after you do this work to develop an energetic relationship with your body is learning how to project an astral form to do all your work. Because you lose it, no problem because my memory i can rebuild that i'm not losing me i am not going to uh put myself out there as a tasty feed first sets of uh astral projection yeah i i, I end up popping into some uh group of small group of sorcerer circle and they're they trying to you know use me as a servitor 
because they had no idea what I was. It's just, just convenient in the area. I had to disabuse them of that. So it's, but owning who you are and expanding who you are so that you can have all your analytical tools and you, it grows with you, that's, that's what I want. I mean, anybody can follow a system. It works great, great. But are you aware of everything about it? Uh, uh, what's it doing to you? What's, what's your attachments? What's the consequences? Who are you gonna be hooked up with for the next set of lifetimes? Um, that's okay if that's a choice. You know, I, I'm, I'm all good with that. But if I'm teaching somebody, I want them to know up front, not get stuck like I was for 32 years. And I'm thankful I was released. Oh, I'm done preaching now. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't do it with a, you know, uh, you know a church uh, homiletic manner. I would embarrass myself. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I definitely wouldn't have edited that out. <laughs> well, I, 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 I did that. I, I was in my 20s and I was dressed in a Viking outfit. I was at this college bar and uh, I was talking about all sorts of stuff. And this guy came up to me and says, what do you believe in? I says, I don't believe in anything. I choose to know direct experience. And I, I'm dead serious about that. He says, but man, you got to believe in something. Yeah, I do. I believe in life without it. Got nothing. I believe in love. The big word. In other words, having an honest relationship with everything. And, uh, and then he says, well, what's your religion? And then I says, I don't have a religion. I do not rely on anybody's perspectives on somebody's perspectives who never understood what they've ever experienced and they want you to believe in a pattern of things that they have no recollection no you know and, and oh god i think i'm in church yeah <laughs> so, uh, so yeah you've got that down <laughs> yeah, that's awesome I, I stopped before before it affects me yeah. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got a little left on my sleeve here. Sorry, sorry. Whoosh, whoosh, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> but really, I, I think these are all really valid, valid points that people don't really realize. You know, like you really go over psychic hygiene in the in the book and your spiritual hygiene and all of that. And you know, people don't even realize that just you know going to a Reiki circle, you're picking up other people's shit. You know, and you know how many how many practitioners do you know? And I'm picking on Reiki because I'm I've been a Reiki master for almost 20 years now, and I've seen it over and over and over again. All of these Reiki masters that you know they're these amazing healers, and they're sick as fuck themselves because they don't deal with the shit that they take from their clients, right? Exactly. They they also don't do the you know the actual uh, energetic work that's involved, and it's also you're using an egregore, an initiatory egregore. And the thing is, if you haven't done the work, you as a master or anybody else using it, you get the backwash from all their nonsense, right? Yeah. It, it's, you're, it's their poisonous. I, I talked to Reiki masters almost like 15 years ago, and they went back to their, 
golden hand and you know multi uh, modal dimensional methodologies they're they're capable healers but they realized the reiki was good i've seen reiki people says can i do reiki for you and i'm like oh no the vibes were totally addict i i knew the woman okay uh i we were creating this group called heathens in the hudson which is like a community and it became one of these ego drum fest circles and she got into reiki and she's like oh and it's like well she's a multiple addict she got addicted to reiki and it was like a month after i said no because because they end up being vampiric she imploded psychologically had to go uh get some serious treatment i wash my hands of it okay there, there's a there's a point where it's like you got to do this work i mean some old reiki manuals i've watched read they're basically talking about the the do and rend cycle of the microcosmic thing and also do managing your chakras and and doing the cleaning and what have you but what are you giving back to the gregor you know this whole thing about when you are part of a community you have to participate in the community and safeguard and protect the community and that's missing now one of the things i you know i have another uh, uh site called people embracing change it's all about building a tribe because tribes literally have been extinct by romans and all western culture and that's the first thing western european culture does is obliterate tribes in their culture it, it tribes can have multiple religious societies uh they can have multiple clans and they have guilds they all work together and they got to have a leader who serves them and people who recognize leaders as children and keep them from turning into sociopaths and, and actually make them care about every single group you take that child and introduce them to every single group so that they have an affinity and an empathy for every single person in the tribe and then you extend that to other tribes people don't it, it blows their mind because everybody's afraid of leadership because they've been abused by society you know uh, religion what have you it's like but they don't know what a leader is i mean even the people that went oh consensus is the only way every single group the implode or explode don't matter there's always a leader but it's the emotional one the ones that make manipulate people until they get burned out or until they burn out everybody else the group of people and i will not name them that had their own gathering used to run everything by consensus until they realized they had to have their small core group and and run things autocratically or it would all fall apart so i'm like and there's still consensus 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 it's total hypocrisy so you have stratified human behavior and division of labor for a reason you have you know that's how tribes work but you can't control tribes you destroy them and then you give people small things to focus on but that's not what my book's about so that, that's that is it's part of what my ceremonial magic is supposed to be designed to focus on community i got to build a seed for the future uh, this book 
you know, it's a seed for my future. You know, it's like 30, 40 years from now, when I get to be about 12 years old, put this in my hands, you know, put it in my hands so that I can get a, a, a leg up because I don't want to have to go through 25 years of complete misery of trying to figure stuff out when everybody's trying to squish me into a box. One of my rants <laughs> and, and, and one of my uh, uh, post afterlife goals, give me the book. <laughs> now you just got to find some disciples to be able to stare you in the eyes and figure out who you are. Like when they have to chase down a llama or a rimposh in Tibet. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the story about the one, uh, one uh, llama who made three of themselves, two male and one female just to prove that he could. And, uh, uh, I'm working on 296. Um, I, and come to find out, that's what Maitreya is supposed to be doing in a, in a pure land tradition. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be Maitreya, and I, but I am trying to develop uh, a similar uh, type of presence. Yeah, you know, you know it's, you, you, I've tried try to uh, build something where I can uh, say, yeah, call her in this, which actually calls her in an aspect so that uh, I can do magic remotely for people. Because I don't do magic remotely until I get an energetic connection and people are gonna have to do half the work and reach out to me. So um, yeah, I don't deal, you know, a lot of semi energy. I'm dealing with my own foolishness. I'm sorry. I, I don't waste my energy like that. You know, it's, it's, I'm very, I'm not selfish, but I'm not going to give of me where it's generally unworthy. Um, not selfish, selective. Exactly. Right? And, and, and uh, I found that was one of my big pieces of magic is to um, choose to give where there's work and I stopped having all the parasites coming at me. As soon as I changed that in my mind, the parasites went away. The other part was being so nice. I, I got to the point where I said, I don't care. I'll kill you. And all the troublemakers went away. So it was just little switches in my brain. Just, if I had that when I was 12 years old, it would have been golden. But uh, yeah, set up your boundaries, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's attitudes too. It's, it's boundaries, one thing, but you gotta, you gotta protect that boundary. You gotta have uh, other people to understand what that boundary means mm -hmm. and what it means to them. If they don't, don't behave properly, it's like, you can come inside. You gotta be invited. You gotta ask permission or you gotta come with the right intent. You don't, sorry, not gonna happen. So. It, it's uh, yeah, hard lessons are, well, uh, earned. Absolutely. So like what basically kind of what I got from the premise of the book after reading through it was, you know, the, the big thing that was going off in my head was the sign at Delphi, you know, know thyself at the temple of Apollo, right? And it's, I think that's something that is missed in a lot of traditions 
and you know especially things that are based on you know group practice stuff like that people miss the main point of knowing thyself and that the magic is supposed to be a gateway to becoming your best self and you know i i think people focus so much on making external change and all of that that they completely forget to look within and to make those changes because those are the ones that will actually you know quantumly change everything without right you know simple hermetic access right so it's it, it was really cool to see that you kind of you know you you peeled back the bullshit on that and you just allowed people to see that you know if you work on this simple shadow work and if you do this other stuff and you start to learn who you are and be authentic to yourself everything else starts to fall into place you know it, it, it was really cool to see that yeah it, it followed follow the the process where you start becoming aware that your body your mind and emotion are just tools um you are going to be start taking uh, your a dualistic view and start looking at thing as a, a non-dualistic view of things and realize that you have you are also the relationship with everything and um i i could talk about vedanta uh, a little bit about vedanta uh, tantrism but also the um uh, christopher wallace wrote uh, uh a tr uh, translation of this uh, sutra of observance which talks about this deeply where you are uh, you and your life and your authentic self is an observer of the reality that's manifested but once you've been able to become one with the ultimate consciousness and you are able to observe all of manifestation and the thing the trick is is breathing in and out the, the variations of manifestation you can at that level you can shift things i mean the one thing that people miss in musashi's five rings is that the whole zen thing of forgetting one thing he gets up there and boom he doesn't explain the fact that he becomes it and becomes a manifestation of what he's doing and affects the change so he's altering reality around him by this zen motif but it is it is a non-dualistic way but actually becoming one and then having the seed of what you let go of here and the desire up there and it manifests into a whole action i've, I've done this in wrestling i've done this in martial arts i've done it at work you know um it's but getting there yeah all this work has to be done yeah it's um it's uh but uh and but then you start having these you will have if my point of view is if you do the work in this book all these big experiences will happen you can't escape them because now you 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 know i'm being just as evil as some gods and demons are because if you look at how i wrote the book it's designed to explain it have you exercise it have you analyze it have you think it start making the thinking and a process part of who you are go to the next step Before you know it, you're thinking like a magician. You're 
spiritually evolving. And next thing you know, you're going to be attracting all these things that want to work with you, but you'll have a critical mind to make the choice for yourself. That's what's needed because people do things because it's fluffy, it's nice, it's what everybody's doing. I mean, people are following. It's bad enough when pagans and spiritual people are doing the same thing that that's abhorrent and mainstream. You know, they don't need to follow the thing without critical thinking. They got to have what use the tool that you have. It's a beautiful, excellent tool, but how do you use it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting too excited. It's all good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I didn't want to write that passionately in the book because I get intense and that scares people. So it's like, but I want people to realize that the intensity is a good thing. If you can harness your intensity without it controlling you, you are generating a field that's interfacing with spirit at a larger and dynamic way. And it's focused. You know, there's a part about positive and negative emotions and how they work with energy. That is crucial. I, I hope everything in the book's a, a golden nugget, but like you asked before, it's like getting that meditation process and owning who you are and, and doing the hygiene and the internal alchemy so that you have the tools to become what you want to be. Yeah, that, that's, that's the big part. So now while we've got you on here, um, do you have any quick, easy tricks, perhaps out of the book or just from your general knowledge of how people that are listening or watching can start to notice these kind of negative attachments that they've gotten, whether it be, you know, from other people, from maybe religious egregores, maybe, you know, from being in different occult orders or whatever, how can they find those and then dispatch them in a quick manner so that they can start, you know, evolving beyond that. If you could distill it down to a couple things. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Ooh. <laughs> um, if you own who you are and you get that baseline, get that baseline. And you've done the, 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 the trick about breathing one inch every inch meditating on it, you can scan it in a second. But you got to do that work first. One pot belly breath. And usually the top of the holes, the bottom holes. If it's moving, you can you look at it. If you're breathing and the flow is wrong, you, you can pay attention to it. Um, the uh, doing... Um, a, uh, I, I, I describe a modified horse, horse dance where uh, it's, it's, um, it's called a five-point breathing where you point your toes slightly in, not like this, just slightly, because when you bend your knees, your, your foot's going to rotate outward and it generates this 
physical uh, twist that actually roots you into the ground. Right. Found people say, I can't ground. Well, they did this and they were able to drop stuff. Okay. And the thing is you use your hands and you're breathing in, you're absorbing. You got to watch out when you're breathing in from the earth, where you're at, because a lot of human stuff gets grounded there. But you can at least hold on to yourself, straighten yourself up and breathe out, out through the bottom. And you, you, you take that knee bend, and you feel it. Don't overdo it because it will over, you don't want to stretch out your external collateral ligaments. And, and I've done that a few times. Um, that will get rid of, rid of it. Um, the other thing, uh, even simpler, before you get there, uh, I make a, a sieve. And this is what I did before I did all this. Is between my hands, I create a energetic form, if you will, of who I believe I am, what I know to be. And I hold it, and then I literally run the sieve it's like a golden white sieve and I just kind of like strain it through my body. Got to hold on to who you are, what you think you are, but everything that's not you just sieve it down. Um, I found that a fairly effective for, uh, I've done that for like 15 years. Um, but my other techniques are, I find more effective, but when I didn't have these techniques, when I didn't own myself, when I didn't, do all this type of uh, preliminary work, or I had to relearn it and redo it. Um, that seemed to help. Um, but it's, but you still have to have some semblance of yourself. The other thing is another trick, and it's also good for uh, defense against uh, things that want to attach to you. Is have a raucous, vulgar, life-enjoying laugh. Okay. Just <laughs> and you you ball up your fists and, and and you you do that and it encharges your body and it pushes out your core core energy to your skin and you make it hard okay and in so doing if you feel it you can like tear off tentacles this stuff burn it off you know what have you but you're pushing it out but joy laughter owning who you are um that not only pushes some of that out owns who you are but it also sets up a charge in your skin as a, a, a primary level of protection and if you do it well enough i don't care if you're a short girl like this you you laugh like that it'll scare people to it'll scare them because it's like i didn't expect that they own themselves oh my gosh and and, and then you can then you can see them act up and play the fool and re-exercise some of their sociopathic behavior. And when you do that, you can just nail every bit of behavior and say, yet, 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 you're wrong, bye, out of here. You know, and uh, uh, it, it just, uh, it puts them back on their heel. And I love that. You know, I, I just, I, I, sociopaths. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, those are the quickest and dirtiest techniques I know. That's awesome. Nice. So did you have any questions there, Ma? You've been a little quiet for a bit. 
I've just been listening to it all. And I was looking in the book. I'm like, okay, I got to catch up. So I didn't finish it. So. <laughs> yeah. If, if you guys have a, an idea for the next book, I'll, I'll be glad to, you know, enjoy uh, um, the idea of that. Um, it's, I, I'm thinking about defense against the dark arts, um, but I don't want to particularly um, compete against Amy Blackthorn. She's awesome. <laughs> Um, but, um, it, it probably will end up dealing with more of my stories of things I've dealt with. Um, um, but that would take for granted that people have certain levels of skill and that's, yeah, I, I don't know how I want to broach that yet. Um, thinking about, uh, uh discussion about what about the woo and all these other traditions Oh, well, how do you want to uh, work with them? Um, I, I find some academic people are probably better at that than I am. Um, but I, I do want to get my own cer uh, ceremonial magic system out there so that um, people can build their own uh, egregor, their own apotheosis, their own uh, interaction with the world at an ever-evolving platform. Um, but uh, they use a system like mine, we'd at least be able to communicate with each other. So, but the whole idea is to make it more egalitarian instead of having one deity creating a, you know, a fabricating a, a whole structure that only feeds him. I'm like, I'm done with that. No more. I'm starting to have sympathy for the devil in a lot of ways. So, um, and uh, that's that's the conversation I'm going to have to have with him at some point to figure out what our relationship is going to be going going forward. So, <laughs> whatever sure. name he chooses at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on today. Um, it, it, if people are listening to this, definitely check out the book. It is your no bullshit guide to actually connecting to the energy, learning how to feel it, and learning how to change your life through inner alchemy. So it's a very, very good read. Definitely recommend it. And yeah, that was a very enlightening and enjoyable conversation. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so can everything be found? Can people just find you on your website there is that where the the best thing because uh, we just yeah, at com has most of the links but all not all of them um but uh you can you can find uh, most of my links there um I, I need to update that um you can find me on facebook as arkenstone uh, elder arkenstone for more of my direct uh book and uh um uh, video content. Um, regular Arkenstone, you're, you're going to find my leftist, uh, you know, political and, uh, um, uh, and, you know, I will forward memes about anything about dealing with sociopaths, dealing with um, self-love, self-development, uh, uh, self-healing, uh, uh, self-awareness from any, any type of spectrum, you know, and uh, but um, the Elder Arkenstone is a is a is a, is a page. Um, 
uh, I haven't written anything on uh, WordPress in a long time. I'm trying to focus more on the video content. It seems like a lot of people are more focused on uh, relate to things in video. So uh, I, I try to do that and try to be uh, somewhat personable. Um, I know sometimes I get dry or too intense, but uh, it's a work in progress. Intense <laughs> is uh, good. And, and uh, you can, and then, and they can email me at arkenstone at arkenstone.com. They got questions. Um, and and you know, not stupid stuff, but you know, yeah, you, know, you got questions, you got uh, concerns, you got, uh, you know, uh, need an insight or something. Um, I can give you some ideas to uh, check through. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm retired, so uh, when I do have spare minutes, because I do work around the house and stuff, I, I, I try to help people out. Um, it's uh, I want people, I want people to uh, exercise their will. You know, my whole video log is uh, this is your will. Fantastic. So there's so much knowledge. We could go on and on and on and on forever here. So <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I, you know, the thing is I try to separate my opinion from things that I know and experience and things I think about and things I feel about. I try to be specific about that, but, um, you know, people will, uh, take things out of context so. for sure yeah. it happens are great at that <laughs> yeah we deal with that sometimes too but yeah it's uh been a great wonderful enjoyable interview we'll have to definitely plan to do another one sometime and thank you for coming on today this has been fantastic thank you for having me uh, i'll be glad to do these things more often awesome <laughs> we like that yeah.